Markets are turbulent, inflation is soaring, wars and supply chain shocks are threatening our way of life. We hear it all over the news. There is nowhere to hide. But is it really true? Bad news just keeps getting dumped on you by the oh-so-average media. But we at Not Your Average Financial Podcast believe you deserve something better. We don't believe in wishful thinking or burying our heads in the sand, but we do believe in telling you like it is and showing you a way out. Could it be that there are some safe havens, some opportunities and even possibilities available in this current economic climate? Attend our virtual Not Your Average Financial Summit to know if there's truly nowhere to hide and to discover strategies to help you win in any economy. So come and build up your financial reserve, fight back against inflation, save on taxes, and prepare for your future. The two-day Not Your Average Financial Summit is happening virtually, so attend anywhere. Add these dates to your calendar now while it's fresh on your mind. It's going to be Friday, September 30th and October 1st, 2022. Each day starts at 1 p.m. and goes to 4.30 p.m. Central Time, so please adjust to your time zone. The event is absolutely free, but the tactics and strategies you'll get are priceless, and it's only made available to members of our Not Your Average financial community. So get exclusive access to our summit at notyouraveragefinancialsummit.com. That's notyouraveragefinancialsummit.com. See you there. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 265. How to get true, uninterrupted, compound growth with Lester Himmel. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody, and the financial revolutionaries listening in. This is your host, Mark Willis, and glad to have you on the journey. Well, we are in part two of our interview with Lester Himmel, and we've been discussing the power of compounding, compound growth. Now, compounding is crucial if you're going to win at this money game, but very few assets in the financial universe truly compound. I want you to imagine an oak tree for a minute. An oak tree left to its own devices, for example, free from the troubles of pesky squirrels and tree diseases, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. An oak tree left to its own devices is an example of true uninterrupted compounding. It is both growing, which means it's getting larger and larger every year as the rings on that tree expand, but it's also multiplying as it drops acorns from its branches. So it's not just the tree that's getting bigger and wider but it's also more and more and more trees. And again, on its own, the tree would become an incredibly dense forest because each new tree sprouting would itself become a multiplying effect as well. And in fact, without any competition, this oak tree would eventually take over the entire earth as this beautiful oak forest. Now, this is what happens also with algae compounding in a lake, for example. True uninterrupted compounding starts very small and unassuming, but becomes more and more efficient the longer it remains in effect. In fact, Chris Martinson describes this compounding with a story. If something grows over time, such as a population or demand for oil or money supply, really anything that has a steady increase in size and you graph it over time, the end of that 
graph will look something like a hockey stick going up and to the right. Said more simply, if something is increasing over time on a percentage basis, it will be growing exponentially. True exponential compound growth. Again, Chris Martinson uses the example from Dr. Albert Bartlett through this story. Suppose I had a magic eyedropper, an eyedropper, and I placed this single drop of water in the middle of your left hand. And the magic part is that the drop of water is going to double in size every minute. After another minute, you now have a little pool of water that's slightly smaller in diameter than a dime sitting in your hand. After six minutes, you have enough water to fill up a thimble. Now suppose we take our magic eyedropper to Yankee Stadium, and right at 12 o'clock p.m. at noon, we place a magic drop way down there on the pitcher's mound. Now, to make this really interesting, suppose that this park is watertight, and I handcuff you to one of the highest bleacher seats in the stadium. So my question to you is, how long do you have to escape from the handcuffs? When would the stadium be completely filled with water? Would it be in days, weeks, months, years? How long would it take? I'll give you a second to think about it. Okay, got your answer? The answer is you'd have until 12.50 p.m. on the same day to figure out how you're going to get free from those handcuffs. In only 50 minutes, our modest little drop of water has managed to completely fill Yankee Stadium. Now, let me ask you this. At what time of day would Yankee Stadium still be 93% empty, totally dry. How many of you would have just begun to realize the severity of your predicament when you're only 7% into that predicament? Any guesses? The answer is 12.45 p.m. If you were sitting idly in your bleacher seat waiting for help to arrive to get out of those handcuffs, by the time the field is covered with less than five feet of water, you would now only have five minutes left to get free. And that right there illustrates one of the key features of compound growth. The one thing I want you to take away from this is with exponential functions, the action really only heats up in the last few moments. So you sat in your seat for 45 minutes and nothing much seemed to be happening. And then in just four minutes, bang, the whole place was full of water. Now, the example that I just read off was loosely based on a really nice paper by Dr. Albert Bartlett that clearly and cleanly describes the process of compounding, which you can find at Peak Prosperity's website. And Dr. Bartlett said, the greatest shortcoming of the human race is its inability to understand the exponential function. Yeah, it's that little button at the top of your calculator that we almost never use. But he's exactly right. With this understanding of exponential growth, you'll begin to understand how urgent it is for you to understand it, not just in terms of getting away from the flood of a Yankee stadium, but also just in terms of the maneuvering room you have at the top part of a compound growth chart. Now, with this understanding and this story in mind, you'll begin to understand how important it is to really get uninterrupted exponential compound growth. Time is of the essence with this sort of thing. So I want you to imagine the power of having an ever-increasing and ever-more efficient financial plan. Now think about this. When would you want your money growing at its most efficient? To most people I ask that question, when would you want your money growing at its most efficient? The answer they give me is when I no longer have the ability or desire to earn my income. For example, in your later years. Now this is when you want your financial assets to really become more and more efficient and to take over and to be its own thing, its own flywheel, a system that can sling off money to you where you can thrive in your later years. Now, if you knew that compounding 
was that important to the success of your financial life, when would you want the compounding to start? Well, of course, it would be as soon as possible. Yesterday, 20 years ago, to get the compounding power going right away. And that's what we're going to be really diving into with our interview today with Lester Himmel. Again, Lester Himmel has been in the markets for ages, and I won't go over his bio exactly. I just did that in the last episode, so go back and listen again. But it, let's just suffice it to say he's got experience in the Wall Street casino. He understands true compounding versus the flawed advice that oh-so-average financial advisors will pump on YouTube or in their email newsletters. We really get into a lot of the flaws, but also now in this episode, many of the powerful solutions that can come when you really anticipate and incorporate the uninterrupted exponential function in your financial life. So take it away, Lester. Les, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. Good to be here. So now when we talk about making sure that we have limited volatility later in life, we're working into this next phase of the conversation, I would imagine. When I'm 75, 85, 95 years old, what am I doing with my investments? How am I paying my bills? What am I worried about at that point in my life? It brings up an entirely different level of stress for the man on the street. Agreed? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It becomes real. It becomes very real. So now we get into such things as, well, there's the 4% rule, which is depending on what you read or what you hear or what you see, maybe it's 2.8% nowadays. So if I have a million dollars and I'm following the 4% rule, I can take out $40,000 to pay my bills. And just and for our audience, 4% is just the amount of money. What slice of the pie out of my entire retirement nest egg can I safely withdraw out of my 401k or whatever without running out of money? And the general consensus you're saying has been 4%. More recent studies have said closer to 2.8%. But that's what we're saying when we say the 4% rule. How much money can I safely withdraw from my nest egg now, this year? and then in future years. Is that right? That is right. People tend to lean on what they know, what they hear. And the 4% rule is it's kind of a questionable rule at a number of levels, one of which is, well, what if there's volatility in your investments are seeing a downdraft? A million dollars becomes 750,000 or whatever. Is it still 4%? Is it 4% of the million or is it 4% of the 750,000? And what about inflation? How do we conquer all of this? The problem with the conventional approach, that is, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and so on, is it ignores inflation in projections. It ignores in inflation and volatility in both directions, looking back in terms of history and looking forward in terms of projections. And what can we do about it? If we recognize that these investments and the gurus behind them, Mark, let's step back again. One of the problems, if not the biggest problem with retiring, becoming older, really, over 65, 70 years old, is your guru tends to disappear. If you're worth $20 million and you have a wrap fee account at Merrill Lynch or whatever investment firm there is, that's one thing. And if it's not the guru you were working with two years ago, it'll be another one. They'll be there collecting their fees. But if you're worth 100000 a million, two million, your advisor in short order is going to be kind of missing in action. Either they retire or... They're paid on bringing in new funds and you're not new funds. You're not new commissions. So the idea of you depleting your account to pay your bills as opposed to maintaining, I mean, we'd like to maintain, but that's a big question nowadays. Volatility being the problem that it is. What do you do? And 
I think one of the things you have to do is recognize early on before you get to 65, 70 years old, not that we ignore that, but it would be nice to know ahead of time that one of the things we should be doing is finding a way to stabilize the account, the investments, and make sure that stabilization and growth is fairly consistent going forward so that we don't have purely a volatile account portfolio when we're in our older years. And there's only one vehicle, I don't want to make this a sales pitch, but there's only one vehicle I can think of that really does that with compounding, with actual compounding. That's actually right where I wanted to go because compounding is something that seems to be very elusive with traditional oh-so-average ways of preparing for retirement. But how does dividend-paying whole life insurance, bank-on-yourself-designed whole life, actually literally compound? And Again, what is compounding? We've talked about that. You've given us sort of a math explainer. But if I was to put it in sort of layman's terms, and you correct me if I'm wrong, compounding is the multiplication of the entity, not just the increase in size, that's growth, but more of whatever it is. Like it's the ripples in the pond multiplying. Uh, it's the algae across the lake. It's the it's the explosion of the supernova in the universe. Compounding happens very slowly at the beginning and then all of a sudden. So how, where do paid up additions fit in? How do dividends on whole life insurance fit in to this idea of compound growth? And would you correct anything I've said so far? Expand only. The explanation starts this way. When you pay the premium on a whole life policy or any insurance policy that's permanent and has some cash value to it, you have to assume and imagine that your premium immediately gets divided into two pieces. One part goes to the insurance company because eventually there will be a death claim on a life insurance policy. And the insurance company is grabbing that little piece of your premium to invest on their end and let it grow to what they imagine is your life expectancy. So if you're gonna die at 84.7 or 91.3 or whatever their actuarial tables say, they're investing for that endpoint. The rest of the premium, on the other hand, goes to eventually, if not right away, what are called paid up additions. Now, what is a paid up addition? A paid up addition is a little piece of life insurance paid up for life. That is, it's paid up immediately. You pay for it once, and then it sits on top of the whatever you started with on your death benefit, death claim. Here's the funny part. Those paid up additions, how often have you and I heard someone say to us, clients say, I don't need more life insurance. All I want to do is save inside this thing. You told me it's good for saving money. Why do I need the extra life insurance? Because that's got to be a drag on my growth. I don't want it. The suggestion is, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to wait 10 years or three years, or maybe right now, you're going to call the insurance company and you're going to say, I don't need this extra life insurance. Can I give it back to you? Why are you giving it to me? It's got to be a drag. The person on the phone will say to you, sure, how fast can you get it here? And then you're going to realize that you're giving something away that has value because they grabbed it too quickly. And I'm going to stand there and say to you, don't do that. Here's why. Every little piece of additional life insurance represents a future liability, a future claim to the insurance company. And as such, the insurance company can calculate today's cash value on tomorrow's eventual liability. What's it worth to get rid of that claim today? They'll give you the money for that because they know what it's worth and they're more than happy to get rid of that future risk. And you're going to say, well, wait a minute, you're telling me that an additional life insurance on this policy is worth money? Yeah, it's worth money. 
Okay, now back to the question, where do we get the growth? Where do we get the compounding? We get paid up additions, which are worth money from the premium. We get paid up additions from the dividend that comes in every year that buys paid up additions and paid up additions themselves, they get more paid up additions. It's the oak tree example. So when you see your death benefit growing and your cash value growing, they work together and eventually they'll match at age 100 or age 120, depending on the company and the policy design. But the idea of cash growing and compounding purely as paid up additions multiply from all the different sources, not the least of which is, again, be, they beget their own. That's where real compounding comes in. And if we ignore and can ignore the idea of volatility in the stock market, the bond market, all these different things, and simply rely on the continued, fairly consistent growth, reliant only on dividends, really, and premiums, of course, to get this cash going. One of the other concerns and considerations should be this. If I offered you the opportunity to invest in an established corporation, you name it, it can be IBM, it can be Facebook, it can be you name it, whatever you want to invest in. I offered you the opportunity to invest not as a stockholder, but as an actual owner of the company, where when they declare a dividend and or profit at year end, you get a chance to participate in it. Would you have an interest? Well, sure. Okay. And you know that in order to buy into an established business, it might cost you something. I mean, you're not there at the, in fact, if you were there on day one, You'd have to put money into whatever the business was. Yeah, any legal firm, any pathway to partnership at a medical practice or a law firm, you got to pony up some cash to become partner. And even in a donut shop, you've got to you've got to yeah. rent the storefront. So the idea of putting money into something that is a solid money earning proposition with history and consistency, with multiple, well, let's call it uh, solid compounding, should be attractive. And that's where we're able to pull away from such things as the vehicles we described earlier, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and look for something that gives us actual compounding, consistency. And now let's work that into, okay, now we're 85 years old. How does that affect us? And the answer is what's called permanent capital, the access to cash at any time. I can ignore the stock market. I can take it wherever I want. I have consistent growth. Love it. All things considered pretty solid. I imagine as you described this, Les, you're painting a picture in my mind of, of an oak tree growing itself, growing larger and larger. And the volume of that tree, if you imagine the rings on a tree, I remember Nelson Nash talking about this. He would say that the growth of that tree, it's more wood around itself each year because it's a larger circumference. So it's going to take more wood to grow each and every year. But you've now introduced something new to me on this metaphor which is that tree, that oak tree is dropping acorns and itself is compounding, not just growing. The base policy is growing on a guaranteed basis. There's more cash each year, like a rings on a tree. But then the paid up additions are like the acorns dropping into the earth and themselves becoming an entire forest surrounding you. Your wealth is accumulating on a compound basis as well, because those acorns now become trees themselves, which all become more fruit-bearing trees. And so the dividends now become a part of, once you receive a dividend, and you probably can attest to this, once I receive a dividend, dividends are not guaranteed, of course. They've been paid consistently. This is a very profitable donut shop for over 100 years here. But the dividends, once I get my dividend, 
it is now a part of my guaranteed cash value if I add it to paid up additions. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So it's now a part of my guaranteed cash value once I receive it. Until then, it's not guaranteed. But once I get it, it is guaranteed for the rest of my life and it will grow on a guaranteed basis for the rest of my life. And itself is compounding to make little baby trees for the rest of my life um, because that itself is creating a, a larger dividend for next year. I mean, this is, this is true compounding. And to push this metaphor just a touch further, back to the stock market, back to bonds, back to almost everything else that cannot truly compound, if you lose money, it is impossible to compound it because it's like burning down your your forest, right? If it's like chopping down a big chunk of your forest, anytime I lose, even temporarily, even in an afternoon, if the stock market loses me 1% this afternoon, not only will I not get that money back, I'll never get what that money could have earned for me had I not lost it. So this is the problem of compounding in the market. What are your thoughts as far as that metaphor goes? No, it, it's solid. I want to make clear the idea that in our later lives, in our retirement, retirement's a polite word for being old. Simplicity is key. Consistency is key. Lack of stress is key. Stuff enough staying healthy, adding stress to it is not a good idea. The idea of leaning on something that gives us consistent growth and real compounding, compounding being the key. What I'm finding out in the real world with YouTube and all the rest of it is misinformation. If for no other reason, then words are misunderstood. And that's a big deal. So the idea of leaning on solid information with solid opportunity and solid results and simplicity, what could go wrong? Les, I love it. I think like we said before we hit record that it sometimes feels like we're shouting into a hurricane. What is it like for you when you talk with clients? How is it shouting into the hurricane? This brings up an entirely different direction. It'll take another hour to, to explain, but basically it's the psychology. People are looking for information that they don't know how to get. People don't know what questions to ask. People don't know what to say. So they hear for example, what you and I have just discussed or some piece of it, and they think it sounds rational. They go home, they talk to a spouse or they talk to a friend or the whatever, and they snap back to normal. They snap back to what they believed before they got to me or you. Why? Because it's a constant environment. If I wear a yellow shirt every day, I take it off for one day and I find new information. I put my yellow shirt back on the next day, back to normal. Everything's back to normal. The environment is a big factor in psychology. And the idea of breaking free of what we're hearing from Wall Street, gurus, neighbors, cousins, whatever, constantly, that's tough. It's tough to break free of that misinformation. And most of it is misinformation. So the idea of our coming up with something really nice, it's not so much that we can't come up with the good information and reasonable presentation. It's that we can't break people free of what's normal for them. We, we need a red pill almost every day, don't we? To keep waking up from the matrix every day. And being a part of this community with you, Les, is a great privilege. You and I are both bank on yourself professionals, and we've committed ourselves to a revolution in the way people see money. And it's true. The more you swim in this environment, the easier it becomes. And I think part of your work uh, with your clients and mine too is to just consistently uh, wash people in a brand new way of thinking about their money in their economy, their future, and so on. As we wrap up, Les, I know people are going to want to meet you, get to know you better. How can folks find you? I am on three websites, 
One is himmelfinancial.com, H-I-M-E-L.com, uh, financial.com, sorry. Another one is thefinancefixer.com. I work with a, an agency that you're familiar with. And the third is a company that I've been involved in that I started back in 2012 called Air Atlas, H-E-I-R, like beneficiary, atlas.com. If you're going to look at one website, please make it airatlas.com. You'll find the verbiage there based on a number of rants that I've had. It's all about losing assets over time. For example, well, mom died and we're still looking for all the bank accounts. We're not sure we found everything. We think dad had long-term care. We're just not sure where to look. It's all about a roadmap for all assets, including the baseball card collection you had as a kid. So the idea of where to find me, that's easy. What information to look for, look at the websites, start there. Very good. Les, thank you for your help and shouting into the hurricane with us. If enough of us get together, maybe we can save a few folks one person at a time. It makes a difference. So thanks for all of what you do. Thank you. And mic drop. Man, again, Les Himmel, what a great guy. I love bringing him on our show because he's always got such great nuggets of wisdom. Boy, there were so many things to take away. I just have a few pieces to the puzzle I want to add as we wrap up here together today. The first was this idea of the 4% rule and other just misnomers and false statements about what you can expect and what kind of an impact that will have on your retirement. But what about the guy or gal managing your money? What's going to happen to your investment guru when you start draining his or her account? Of course, that's your money, but he or she is managing that account for you. And of course, he's getting that nice juicy fee. How quickly will he return your calls when you're 77 years old and your accounts have been getting smaller and smaller for a decade? And he's out there looking for new money, right? Remember, he's not going to be calling you back if he's out there looking for larger and larger account balances and your assets are getting smaller, meaning he's getting paid less and less to watch you as you head into your golden years. So that's a big deal when it comes to your retirement planner. There also has to be this mindset shift, really, from the accumulation phase to the stabilization phase in your pre-retirement years. And many people forget this. They go straight from accumulation and straight into the third phase, which is distribution. So stage one, accumulate. Stage two is often forgotten, but it's called stabilize. And then stage three, which most people jump to, is called distribute. They go straight from accumulating a big pile of money straight to spending it back down to zero again. But before we can start to spend our money in retirement, we first have to lock it in. First, we have to accumulate, but next we have to stabilize. If you skip the step of stabilization, you're in for a world of hurt. It would be like if you were at a casino and you've made some winnings at the table, let's say. So you're so happy with yourself that you've accumulated, that's step one, that you go out and buy a bunch of food for everybody at the casino. Not using dollars, but using your poker chips. All right, so you haven't actually cashed anything in yet, and you're just using poker chips as your means to buy everybody lunch. And to make matters worse, you're still playing the poker game while you're buying everybody's buffet meal. Now, what happens if you lose a few hands at the poker table and the buffet bill comes due? You're in a big world of hurt. And the reason is you did not stabilize or secure your winnings at the poker table. You went straight from accumulation to distribution. You forgot to stabilize. You forgot to cash in your chips to lock that gain in. Too many people are doing this with their retirement accounts, and it's going to end badly. Next and last, the power of the dividend-paying whole life insurance contract and the power of the paid-up additions writer cannot be overstated here. 
It is true compounding in the true exponential sense of that word. It's like an oak tree that I mentioned earlier, a tree that drops acorns and creates new trees, which also drop new acorns. Each tree is getting bigger on its own, also multiplying itself into more trees to become a true hockey stick style compounding system in your financial life. Whole life insurance as a financial vehicle is truly breathtaking to see in action. So less said, when we use true compounding in our financial plan, we're able to pull away from such things as the vehicles we talked about earlier, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and we're able to look for something that gives us actual compounding and consistency. So if we can just fast forward our minds to when we're 85 years old, how does that affect us emotionally? What does that do for us internally? Now that we have permanent capital, access to cash at any time, a world where I can ignore the stock market and all of its hissy fits, and I can take whatever I want out of my accounts and still have consistent growth, that sounds like financial peace, if I've ever heard it. So thank you again, Lester, for your time and your insights. And thank you, everybody, for being a part of this compounding exponential revolution. One person, one family, one business at a time. We're helping people find freedom and true control over their financial future. And I'm glad to be on the journey with you. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.